This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash myth underscore podcast. Robots Radio presents Myth. The podcast where we explore the very soul of the human story. That's not a secret. That's something everybody talks about. You get back from your long trips, and oftentimes the conversation revolves around the weather. How was the sea? Was the water rough? Did you weather any storms? And yeah, you've been doing this long enough to know that that's that's usually how the conversations start. But then they move on to other things. How are you? Did you see anything out there? And of course, they they talk about sea monsters and giant fish. The things of the sea that the people who live on the land find enchanting or enthralling or, or magical. And... Yeah, you can say, but you've seen, you've seen some things, sure. Been doing this long enough. But what they don't understand is the loneliness. They don't know what it's like to be on a boat with a dozen other men by yourselves for weeks. And they say that the sea is no place for a lady, and... You kind of have to agree about that. A bunch of guys lonely on a ship for weeks. A woman would make things a little bit more difficult. And you know the kinds of guys you've been sailing with. They're not always the most kind. Well, if even half of their stories are true, then they're not necessarily the kinds of guys you would want to introduce a lady to anyway. But you know, you know the talk. What they do the next time they see a, a woman, that kind of stuff. You, you were raised better than that. You know that that's not the right way to treat a woman. But at the same time, you know what it's like to be lonely. There's something that happens to a man when he goes for a few weeks without seeing a pretty face and maybe it's inside your heads uh, you, you're not really sure or maybe maybe there's maybe there's stuff out there that's that's real but things start to look different it's been a few weeks this time on on this trip and you took on more crew than you did last time everything's packed tight Everybody's got their little bunk space, but that's about it. You hear the talk from the guys. And, you know, you know the drill. Most of you don't even get much time by yourselves, if you know what I mean. Sal, 
guy on the bunk below you talks about his sweetheart back at home and how he's gonna make all this money and settle down someday and you think maybe he will but when he's not talking about her he's definitely got some stories about some other conquests that he's had the guy across from you can't be much older than 15 probably thinks more about his mom than a girl he knows back at home but it's tough it's tough a life at sea is hard and it's lonely <laughs> you keep thinking about your sweetheart the vows you made how you weren't going to touch any other women when you were at port and you would save yourself for when you get back you hope that she keeps those vows too i mean a lot of can a lot can change in just a few weeks being off at sea the the mood on the boat though has been particular just the other day there was some whispering among the men as you passed some rocks one guy swore he heard a song singing on the wind like a woman's voice he didn't see anything on the rocks why would there be a woman out on the rocks maybe he was just seeing things or maybe there was something there you're looking forward to getting to port though getting off the ship drinking checking out the sights for a day or two while you do your trade and pack the ship back up in order to move to the next port maybe the guys will get some I don't know some reprieve hopefully you behave yourself as well so the ship's packed back up you're heading back out to sea you had an okay time at port it was fine things went okay for you Sal the the guy underneath your bunk the guy below you seemed to uh, have quite the situation he sure is waiting for that sweetheart back home all right uh, he uh, <laughs> he and a barmaid started you know how should I say this making eyes talking one thing led to another all of a sudden he disappeared and she wasn't around either next thing you knew though he came back with a swollen eye he hasn't said much about it but uh, you and the boys you know what happened he didn't treat her like a lady and that's that's what you get the big guy behind the bar seemed to keep eyeing him the rest of the night you've got a few more days to the next port hopefully he nurses that eye and thinks twice before doing that again there's no way there is there is absolutely no way you can't believe what he's saying Sal just told you that he saw a woman in the water there's no way that that makes any sense you can't come up with a way to rationalize that there are no women in the water there are fish in the water Sal seems to think that the fish look like ladies he is going absolutely stir crazy that's got to be it that's got to be it if things had worked out the other night at port maybe he wouldn't be so nuts over seeing women in the water you tell him listen you need to 
chill out, go, go find some time to be alone or something, but don't, don't be diving into the water after any women. They're just fish. Sal heads back down below deck. But then you stand there for a little bit longer, looking over the edge of the ship, seeing if you can't make out any human features. That night, your dreams are strange. What starts as a, a dream, a memory, your sweetheart, an intimate situation, turns. Something changes it. You can't move. She's on top of you, but then it's not her. It's a another woman, but then it's not. And then it's a fish? That doesn't make any sense. How do dreams work? And then by the end of it, it's a, it's a hag. It's an old woman. Get off. Get off of me. It's all you can think. You struggle in the dream. You can't seem to move. And then all of a sudden, you gasp, waking up. You wake up Sal underneath you and he says, what's going on? You say, just bad dreams. You roll back over. And this goes on for the next few nights. Other men on the ship telling strange stories of things they've seen or heard in the distance. Other disturbing dreams. The kid across the way thinks that maybe the, uh, the barmaid cursed you. There's some sort of curse on the ship. That's a bad omen. You just can't wait to get back home. Hopefully you'll survive the rest of the trip. Make your way back. On the night you return, you're greeted by your loved ones, your friends back in the village. You see your sweetheart and you give her a big hug. You're so glad to be back. It has been a long trip. Sal's sweetheart is there as well, but he's nowhere to be found. Tears rolling down her eyes, she asks you, where is he? All you can say is there was an accident, but you know the truth. At some point, he just couldn't take it anymore. He dove off the ship, trying to get to a small island he swore had a dozen women on it, topless, singing, dancing. You couldn't see anything there. You couldn't convince him to get back on the ship either. And it wasn't too long before you couldn't see his head above the waves anymore. Our mythologies are full of stories about women. And there's probably a reason for this. A lot of these stories were formulated or at least written down by men. Many of them were written down and shared by women as well. But we get a very male-centric perspective in a lot of these stories because 
We come from a patriarchal society. It's the men who were the ones who had the final say. It's the men's perspective which needed to be carried forward in many cases. And I'm sure you recognize some of the themes in the story. Mermaids, succubus. And there are reasons for those. My theory is that testosterone is a hell of a drug. It's been shown in scientific studies that a man who goes for a week between sexual release, we'll just say it like that, will have double the testosterone levels in just a week. And testosterone controls so much of our psychology, so much of what we see, so much of our interactions with others. It doesn't just control the growth of muscles or the development of our bodies. It controls part of our psychology as well. Aggression. Sexuality. And maybe even some of what we perceive. Another theme that I will discuss regularly on this show is the idea that so much of what we perceive in the world is based on a combination of our hopes and our fears. And this is true across humanity. We as a species are way more likely to interpret a situation based around our hopes and our fears, that those things color situations. Think about the last time you had a phone call with somebody and you were stressed about that phone call. Most likely, whether this was a work conversation, a personal conversation, chances are that in the back of your head, you were constantly afraid of what you thought was the worst case scenario of that stressful situation. And somewhere in your perception of what was going on, you believed that that might actually happen. Did it? Probably not. Probably the worst case situation didn't actually come to pass, but we are programmed to worry about that. It's part of the fight or flight response. It's part of our evolutionary way of surviving. Because if we can be aware of what the most dangerous situation is, then we can plan for it. And anything short of that might mean survival. But in our developed world, in our postmodern world, that response is not particularly helpful a lot of the time. And it's not just in our postmodern world. We think back to antiquity. We think back to... For example, these sailors on a wooden boat that was probably smaller than your house, packed in with a bunch of other sailors for weeks at a time. What were their hopes? What were their dreams? What were their fears? And you combine that with the things that were going on in their lives and heightened levels of testosterone. And you end up with a situation for the creation of myths. 
Odysseus had to deal with the sirens. Sailors across pretty much the entire world have stories about mermaids. This is something that's common from the Near East to Europe to Asia to Africa. The first stories of mermaids can be traced all the way back to ancient Assyria, and we're talking 4,000 years ago. It's said that the goddess and Targadis transformed herself into a mermaid out of the shame for accidentally killing her human lover. Mermaids are sometimes associated with perilous events such as floods, storms, shipwrecks, and drownings, and other folk traditions, and sometimes within the same tradition, they can be benevolent or beneficial, bestowing boons or falling in love with humans. And this fits directly into the psychology that I'm talking about, our fears and our hopes. Stories of mermaids have been part of human society for so long that they are fundamental to something going on in our heads. The sirens of Odysseus's time originally were half women, half bird-like, but by the time of the Christian era were associated with mermaids. They were depicted as more half fish, half woman. And not all of these stories were male-centric or male heterosexual-centric type visions. Stories of mermen were common as well, although not as common as mermaids. And it's interesting that we call them mermaids. Have you ever thought about that? We don't call them merwomen or merladies. They are mermaids. A maid is somebody who is unmarried. Someone who a potential suitor could approach. Some believed that there was an entire society of merpeople. Sometime before 546 BC, the Milesian philosopher Anaximander postulated that mankind had sprung from an aquatic animal species. He thought that humans who begin life with prolonged infancy could not have survived otherwise. In most European depictions of mermaids, they are women from the torso down to about the waist and then fish from the waist down. But if we take a look at Asian depictions, for example, the Japanese Ningyo, which I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it means human fish, is more of a human head on the body of a fish. And into the more modern period, or at least the Renaissance, Christopher Columbus is reported to have spotted three sirens or mermaids. In Spanish, it's Serenas in 1493. Now, he noted here that they were not as beautiful as they were represented due to some masculine features in their faces, and it's commonly thought that what he was actually seeing were manatees, which are indigenous to the Caribbean. And as recently as 2012, there was work happening in Zimbabwe, uh, two reservoirs near Gakwe and Matare which I think is maybe the way you pronounce those, uh, workers refused to continue. They stated that mermaids had hounded them away from the sites. This was reported on official documentation about what was going on and why working had stopped. And throughout the years, there have been many hoaxes and exhibitions. 
sea creatures, which their corpses look like they could have been misinterpreted as humans or combinations of human or ape like creature corpses mixed with those of fish in order to bring people to carnivals and festivals and claim that they've found a mer person. But of course, we know that this is all mythology, that this is all in the mind of the viewers. And it all goes back to our hopes and our fears. It all goes back to prolonged periods of loneliness, the psychological impact of being stuck on a ship with a bunch of other men and seeking entertainment, seeking an outlet for your personal needs. This also comes about in creatures like succubus. And we know now that when people experience a moment while they are sleeping and they cannot awake, they feel like they're half awake, but they're not, that this is actually a medical condition. It's not a dangerous medical condition, but there is a moment during the period of waking when the parts of your brain that control the motor functions are still asleep, but the part of your brain that is slightly aware is more conscious starts to wake up and we can feel like we are not able to move. And again, this has been interpreted throughout history to mean many different things. Aliens seems to be one of the most recent ones. Abduction reports. And oftentimes our psychology brings about the things that we're afraid of during these moments because we panic. We feel like we're being held down by something. We feel like maybe we can't breathe. And what would that thing be? Ancient peoples explain this as an incubus or a succubus. So the incubus is the male, the succubus is the female. And they were seen to be demonic forces or witches or whatever in that society the people feared the most. And oftentimes it was a moment where you were being sat on by this creature or in some cases straddled and sexually assaulted by these creatures again playing to the fears of the individual and the society that they were in the historical context of the succubus is interesting because the folklore generally goes back to a depiction from the jewish mystical work zohar and specifically the medieval rabbinical text alphabet of ben sira according to this text this is and this is where we get a lot of the mythology for lilith the first wife of Adam before Eve came, this whole idea, which seems to still float around in our culture. It, it is said in this document that after Lilith refused to return to the Garden of Eden, after she left Adam, she mated with the archangel Samuel and became a demonic figure, this succubus. The succubus, according to this document, may take a form of a beautiful young girl, but closer inspection may reveal deformities of her body, such as bird-like claws or serpentine tails. Other folklore describes the act of sexually penetrating a succubus as akin to entering a cavern of ice. And there are reports of succubi forcing men to perform oral stimulation on them. And 
detailed descriptions of the female parts dripping with urine and other fluids, which the men were not particularly enjoying. Other later folklore, and this is interesting, connect the succubus more with the form of a siren. And we've already talked about that. And all of this goes back to hopes and fears, human psychology, the things that we are afraid of. And what I find even more interesting about this is the idea of our psychology influencing our perception of what's going on, especially while we're in a semi-dream state. How many times have you recalled a dream and you notice that the dream evolved as the dream progressed? Or that, say, a specific character, what you thought was a one person kind of changed into another person at some point in the dream, but they still held the same position in your, in your head. They were still the same individual. They just all of a sudden took on other characteristics. These things happen in our dreams, in our psychology. We merge concepts. We bring them together. So this idea that what might start as a pleasurable experience morphs into something that is not pleasurable. Maybe when our guilt kicks in, maybe when we realize that the dream we're having is about somebody other than the person that we should be dreaming about. All of these things work together in our psychology. And there are hints of these things in our past, in our history, and they still come out today. We've seen examples of this. I, I noted this idea that aliens were an explanation more recently for these night terrors that we get, not being able to move when we think we're starting to wake up. And that's because that's what's in the media. We aren't sailors on ships so much today as we are viewers of the History Channel, which is less and less about history. So these are the things that take that spot in our minds. And this is true across cultures. You can see the individual culture's influence coming out in the way the stories are told. And that doesn't mean that the actual stories are true in different ways for different places, that mermaids are like this in one location and they're like this in another location. The common denominator here is being human. It's our psychology. So think back on the things that you've dreamed. Think back on your hopes and your fears. When you're in a moment where you are predicting the future, where you are looking at a situation and interpreting it, try to understand the lens that you are seeing that situation through because it is 100% influenced by the emotions of your psychology. Are you looking at mermaids or are you looking at fish? Hey there, my name is Jameson or Big Cat. And I am Brenna or Mother Goose. And together we are the hosts of The DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week we bring you the top stories from last week as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation 
about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gamer-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the show. If you'd like to help me out, then the best thing you can possibly do is to share this with your friends. The next thing you could do is to leave a rating or review and specifically reviews are 100% the best you can possibly do for me when it comes to leaving ratings and reviews. But if you leave a five star review and a rating on Apple podcasts, that is the biggest thing you can possibly do. It is still the leader in the podcast market and it's a place where a lot of people go to search for podcasts and you can't leave ratings and reviews on Spotify yet. So that's the next biggest one and you can't do it. So even if you listen on a different platform, a rating and review helps. It helps people understand what they're going to get if they listen to this show. It also helps increase our rank so that people can find this show more easily. Also, if you would like to help support the show financially, and this is something that I am starting to do full time. I am a full time podcaster. I am a full time network runner. (laughs) I own the Robots Radio Network. And if you want to help support me and help me continue to keep doing this because I haven't quite replaced my income yet, then please check out patreon.com slash myth underscore podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get ad-free episodes. Plus, there are other tiers that you can sign up for higher than that that get you other rewards as well. And that would mean the world to me. Every little bit helps, and it helps me keep creating content like this. Also, this show is sponsored by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a wonderful way if you are into video games or comic books or movies or those kinds of things and you want to collect swag, t-shirts and posters to put on your wall and little figures to put on your desk and all sorts of cool items, little books that come in in these boxes. And the idea here is that you sign up, you get one box or multiple loot boxes that come out several times during out the, during the year, maybe monthly, maybe quarterly, and you pay way less than you would in order to get all of those items all together. And you can get 15% off by using the link in the show notes and on the site, putting in robots radio as the code R O B O T S R A D I O. Make sure that you use the link in the show notes. Cause that's how they know that I sent you and then use the code to get your 15% off. So go check that out. You might be interested in that as well. All right, guys, I will talk to you next week and thanks for tuning in. See you later. Thanks for listening to Myth. If you'd like to send us a note, we'd love to hear from you at myththepodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at podcastmyth. If you'd like to support the show, please tell a friend or leave a review on iTunes. Or if you'd like to help us out financially and experience an ad-free version of the show, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash myth underscore podcast. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. 
Ahoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast, my name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. Arrgh.